Has your son ever come home and told you that someone was being mean to him on the playground? Or maybe someone was teasing him on the bus, or he felt left out at a church event. When you find out someone has been mistreating your son, or any of your children for that matter, your natural reaction is to put on your boxing gloves and step into the ring. Helping our boys navigate these relationships is tricky. As moms, we always want to believe and hope the best for our sons. We want to raise boys who are compassionate, kind, caring, and who can stand up for what's right. And we don't understand when the rest of the world doesn't appreciate our boys for the amazing kids we know them to be. We need God's wisdom as we teach our boys to deal with conflict in healthy ways, to handle rejection from peers, and to navigate the complexity of friendships. Well, That's what we are going to talk about on today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I am your host, Laurie Christine. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, and a biblical parenting coach. This is the podcast for moms who may feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic journey of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. We have a special guest on the show today who has been on the show before. Katie J. Trent is the best-selling author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families, and her new book, Recipes for a Sweet Child, Creative Bible-Based Activities to Help Your Family Thrive. She is also the founder of Family Faith-Building Academy and Community and a leader in the Christian homeschool community. Katie draws on a wealth of knowledge and experience from over a decade of counseling and ministry in order to build strong, faith-filled families. Katie J. Trent, welcome back to Redeeming the Chaos. Thank you so much, Laurie. I just love your podcast, and I'm so honored to be here again. Well, we are super excited to have you on the show, and I can't wait to hear about your new Book that is coming out. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later today in our episode. Um, you were on the show a few years ago, and we talked about how to be more intentional about discipling our boys. And we also discussed how to know if homeschooling is right for your family. And I will have a link to that former episode in the show notes. But Katie, before we dive in, could you just give us a quick update on your life and your family? Yeah, so since the last time that we talked, we actually moved across the country from Arizona all the way to beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which was a wonderful God adventure. And we've been here about a year now. And of course, I wrote the next book, Recipes for a Sweet Child, and launched that digital course and community. And our family is just enjoying our time here at the beach and growing with one another, still homeschooling. It's been super fun. So we're really enjoying it. And how old are your kids right now? So my daughter, Kendra, is 10, and my son, Jordan, is just about to turn eight this summer. Well, thanks for sharing about your family, and I can't wait to talk about your new book. One of the sections in your book, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but one of the sections in your book is all about handling 
challenges in relationships with our kids. And we're going to focus our conversation on that section of the book today. We'll just skim the surface and I will have a link to the new book in the show notes so that you guys can check it out. But I was thinking in the past, we have talked on the show about the importance of building strong relationships between parents and children and how your relationship with your son becomes the foundation for all of your other dis- uh, discipleship and discipline in the family. But I realize that we really haven't talked a whole lot about how to navigate relationships with peers, like how to help our children navigate those relationships with peers or relationship conflict. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So first, let's talk about situations when your son is being mistreated in some way. Katie, in your book, you cover a number of topics in this category, including bullying, teasing, rejection, feeling left out, and and more. What are some general principles that we could just talk about for helping our boys navigate situations where they are being mistreated in some way, whether it's bullying or teasing or feeling left out? That's a great question. I think first off is understanding that all relationships are so complex and our kids are going to experience them. So when we as the parent can be very proactive in our approach to relationships, we're setting our boys up to not just be able to navigate these things in childhood, but to really have strong, healthy marriages, healthy relationships to thrive in business and the workforce and every area. So it's really essential that we take time to invest in helping our boys navigate these relational challenges from where they are now all the way into adulthood. I think understanding for our boys, especially because so much of their identity is in being strong and being a leader and being accepted. And there's there's so much and it's for girls too, but boys, I think respond differently and have a little bit different needs in that way. And so for our boys, it's when they're experiencing that sort of rejection and they're being teased, it can be really hard. And depending on the personality of our boys, they're going to respond in different ways. So some Mm -hmm. of them might lash out, some of them might retreat within So we've got to make sure that we kind of know our boys and how they respond in difficult situations and then give them the skills that they need to navigate those and also walk alongside them with reminding them of their identity and their purpose and what God says about them is so important in these situations because otherwise it's easy to take on those labels that other people put on them instead of standing from who they are and navigating the situation from that place of confidence in their identity. Yeah, I love that you said we need to know our sons really well so that we can help them walk through those situations. So it does kind of go back to that relationship between parent and child, knowing your son's personality, knowing how he tends to react in certain situations in order to help him navigate through some of those relationship conflicts. And and yes, also just identity in Christ, knowing your identity, that your identity doesn't come from what others think about you or what others say about you, but it comes from Christ. So one of the things that I like to do, and you'll find this in the book in the teasing chapter is help my son to create kind of like an I am poster of reminders of who he is in God. And so I like to start out just with conversation, you know, who does the Bible say you are? What is that relationship with Christ? And then it creates a visual reminder for them of who they are in Christ and where the where their truth comes from. And this isn't just like 
I'm awesome and I am the best. You know, it's not just selfish affirmations. It's looking at the scriptures and looking at what does the Bible say about who I am and what does the Bible say about what is true about me and and clinging to that, to that truth. And as adults, we have to do that too. You know, that's a skill that our boys will use into adulthood. And I think that when we can recognize it as mama bears, right? Like when somebody messes with my boy, my kids, Mm, like the mama bear wants to come out and you want to just like go after and protect your son. But when you can recognize that this is actually a wonderful opportunity to teach some of those truths from the Bible to your kids and to really build a solid foundation, you can approach them a little bit differently. You can find thankfulness within that situation and rejoice in it. You know, when the Bible says rejoice in all circumstances, you're like, how do I do that? This is one of those situations where even though it is horrible that somebody's picking on our kid or rejecting our kid or doing something like that, we can rejoice in that because we know that God is building a firm foundation for them in and through this difficult circumstance that is not only going to help them in this relationship, but is going to set them up for success all the way into adulthood. And so when we can keep that perspective in mind, I think it helps us to kind of keep our claws retracted and keep our emotions in check and not over-personalize the situation, but really to just be able to support our sons and normalize what they're going through, that it's really not about them, that there's things in this world that people struggle with and help them to do that same thing so they're not taking it overly personal as well. Yeah. And our tendency is to protect our kids. We don't want anything bad to happen to them. But like you said, God is using the situation to build their character and to to develop those godly character qualities of perseverance and patience and kindness. And, you know, even though in an ideal world, we might choose to not allow our children to go through those situations, but those are the very things that God is using So Katie, I'm curious if there are situations, and I believe there are, but how do we decide if there's a situation where we do need to get a little bit more involved? Like our mama bear instincts, like you mentioned, is to jump in and solve the problem for our kids. But I would say for the most part, it's probably good to help our kids work through the situation and not just solve the problem for them. But I do think there are some situations where we probably do need to take a step further and to actually get involved and to help them reach out to a principal or reach out to another parent or whatever. What would you say would be the dividing line there? Like at what point would it be a good idea to to get more involved in those situations? Well, first off, I'd say make sure you're not jumping to conclusions because when our kids come to us and tell us their interpretation or their version of what happened, it's easy to see them as the victim and the other person as the perpetrator or the person who's done something wrong. So I've learned because, you know, sometimes you can come in hot and address something and find out like, oh, no, it was actually your kid <laughs> that did yeah. something wrong to you or, <laughs> yep. you know, the instigator or whatever. So you never want to make assumptions. You want to make sure that you tackle it. And depending on your kid's age, right? If you've got a teenager, you really want to work with them to empower them to do it as much as possible. If you're working with littles, one of the things, or if there's been an accusation made, I always try to bring the kids together. And I feel like as parents, we can often act as that mediator. So if somebody comes to me, for example, and says like, this happened, or I find out something, I always try to bring those kids together and say, well, let's, let's hear with everybody in the room 
what's happened. I've had parents approach me and be like, well, your, your boy did this and, and they are wanting to kind of hash it out with us. And I say, Oh, stop. Let's, let's bring them together and find out so we can solve this right now. I always feel like it's better to try and solve the situation through communication with everyone involved whenever possible. There are also times, and it might depend on your your boy. So is he someone who needs the confidence that he can do it on his own? Have you been trying this multiple times? So there's a lot of factors that come in with that. But definitely if it's a, a serious accusation of, you know, bullying or there's something where there's an ongoing situation, it's most likely something you might want to get involved in. But you don't want to take that power from your boys in the midst of it. So you want to talk them through and and maybe, and sometimes I'll ask him, okay, so this is how you feel. What do you think he's going to say about this situation? Or what do you think his parents are going to say about this situation to kind of help them to step back and say, is there another possibility or did I did I communicate this struggle in a way that makes me look good, but maybe isn't the full truth and gives them a chance to kind of think about like, how could this go? And then how do you want to handle this is one of the questions that I would definitely ask. Cause again, we want to empower our kids. We don't want to take that power away and we don't want to communicate that we think they need us to rescue them from everything. So how do you want to handle this situation or what would you like to see come out of this is a good way to kind of see, are they feeling overwhelmed? Are they feeling helpless or powerless? Do they feel like they need our support or how can I support you in this is a good way to kind of start that conversation and decide what's best to go and then make sure that everybody's calm, of course, and you never want to react out of emotions. And so that is kind of how I would navigate it. There are so many good things that you just mentioned there. I love that you said, don't jump to conclusions. Don't make assumptions. So many times our kids don't see the whole picture or they have a misconception of what actually happened and vice versa. Like you said, if someone comes to you and says, oh, well, your son did this, this, and this, and then you actually sit down and talk about the situation, it's like, oh, actually, everyone was at fault here. There was multiple things going on, and there was a miscommunication, and there was a misunderstanding. And and yeah, I think it's just so important to help our boys learn how to communicate and learn how to express what they were thinking and what they were feeling in a certain situation so that everyone can be on the same page and, and realize, oh, you did this but you actually meant this other thing. So I I was just thinking of a situation. One of my kids came home and told me, he's like, mommy, nobody will play with me on the playground at school. Nobody wants to play with me. And of course my heart was breaking. I'm like, oh, my son doesn't have any friends and you know, nobody wants to play with him. But then I started asking questions and I started probing, you know, I didn't just jump to conclusions and call the principal and be like, nobody will play with my son and they're all being mean to him. And what is going on? I started asking him more questions and he was like, well, I said, well, sweetie, did you ask anyone to play with you? Well, yes, I did. But I wanted to play soccer and nobody wanted to play soccer with me. They wanted to play kickball. And so nobody wanted to play with me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's not that they didn't want to play with you. They just didn't want to play soccer. But you chose to not play with them because they wanted to play kickball. So it was a situation where I had to explain to him, you know, sometimes if you want to have a friend, you need to be willing to do what your friend is interested in doing, you know, if they want to play kickball, you might want to say, oh, well, today let's play kickball and tomorrow we can play soccer. So just asking those questions and digging a little bit deeper is, is really helpful just to see what the situation is. Another situation I was thinking of my 
boys, and I know a lot of boys, but not not all boys, tend to be very rough and tumble and their relationships are very physical. But not all boys are like that. So, you know, my son might go up to somebody and punch him in the arm. And that's his way of saying, hey, I like you. Do you want to be my friend? Let's play together. But that other child might not interpret it that way. And they might interpret it as, oh, he's being mean to me and he doesn't like me because he just punched me. (laughs) And it might have totally been a misunderstanding. So yeah, so just asking those questions, not making assumptions and things like that. So much of navigating friendships with our kids and helping them to navigate friendships is also navigating that relationship with the parents of those children. What advice would you give as far as just showing grace to other parents, not jumping to conclusions about their parenting style? Because I know that that can be a temptation as well. I think we forget that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so there are times where I'm not my best self. There are times where I react in a situation a way that I wish I hadn't, or I say something that I wish I could take back. And so you're right. We've got to give grace to everybody involved and know that one moment doesn't define who we are or who they are. And some of the best relationships that I've experienced and my kids have experienced have actually come in working through those conflicts because because there's a level of trust that's built when we come out of the other side of those conflicts and an understanding and a a love and respect and a grace that comes out when we work through that conflict that can create a deeper and more meaningful relationship. So if we run every time things are hard or we cut everybody off every time they do something we don't like, we're going to lead a very lonely life. And so are our boys. So we've got to make sure that we recognize that we struggle too and we can't define somebody by their struggles. I always try and teach my kids to see people as who God created them to be. Who can they become? What's that possibility or potential within them? And see them as that way. And the other thing that I always teach my kids is to believe the best about others, to never assume the worst. And so if we're believing the best about them in the situation, why might they have said that? Or why might they have reacted that way? Because it's so easy to assume the worst. So if we're believing the best, we can really say, well, if we're believing the best, maybe they just really were excited about playing kickball, right? Maybe they really wanted me to join them in kickball, but they maybe they played soccer every other day this week and they're bored of it. So what does it mean to believe the best in this situation? And that helps our kids to see that possibility because when we're feeling hurt, we kind of get this tunnel vision of it's it's one way and it's the way that I'm hurt and they're mean. And so if we can help them to say, if we're believing the best, what other possibilities are on the table? Why might this have happened? That can really go a long way too in not allowing those hurt feelings to come up or us to put up barriers in those relationships. Yeah, I think that's good to ask our boys to to think outside the box a little bit and ask them, like, well, why do you think he might have treated you that way? You know, maybe this other child, maybe his dad yelled at him before he got on the bus. And so now he's just feeling defensive and feels like he needs to be mean to somebody else in order to feel better about himself or he needs, maybe he's feeling really bad about himself and feeling very low. And, and so he is needing to put other kids 
down in order to to make himself feel better. Exactly. Um, We teach our kids hurting people hurt people. And so when somebody is doing something hurtful to you, it's very likely that there is some sort of pain or something they're going through. And that's when they need the most love. They need to see us being the hands and feet of Jesus the most is when they are acting the most unlovable. And so when we can teach our kids to look at it that way, again, it depersonalizes it. It's not really about you. It's not necessarily that you've done something wrong. It's a pain point within them and you get the chance to love them like Jesus does, right? He says, love our enemies and bless those who hurt us. And so this is an opportunity to show the love of Jesus in a way that they probably have never experienced before. So Katie, tell us a little bit more about the other parts of your book. So we kind of focused in on the section that's all about dealing with relationships, but there are other sections. So tell us what are the other parts of the book and then explain just how the book is laid out, how is it meant to be used, things like that. Yeah. So Recipes for a Sweet Child is laid out into three sections. The first is emotional. So it's all the ways that we can tackle those emotional struggles. These are the most common childhood struggles, 36 of them. And then the second section is behavioral struggles. So those might be things like tattling or lying or issues where our kids are having a hard time with a behavior, not necessarily a relational struggle. And then of course the relationship. And so each of those 36 chapters starts out with a scripture and a devotion for parents, because this is really designed to be practical help for the overwhelmed mom. This is your go-to guide when you're having any sort of struggle with your child. So you've got a devotion that kind of explains things, gives you perspective and encouragement, a little parent's prayer to help you pray before you address the situation with your child. And then it's got a discussion guide because as you talk about a lot on the podcast, right, Lori, we've got to have a strong, healthy relationship with our boys in order to be able to discipline, disciple them, grow with them. And so this conversation starter helps you to really get to the root of what's going on because somebody might have the same behavioral issue or the same emotional issue, but it's not going to have the same root. So we want to make sure we're really finding out like what's at the root of this so we can tackle that. And then it's got a simple like Bible-based lesson. I use a lot of like the counseling skills in there as well. So you're getting just very practical help. And then what does the Bible say about this? Because one of the things that I want to teach my kids is that the Bible has a solution for every problem we face. And so this is designed to help you because you may not have a scripture reference offhand. You may not be able to think of a situation in the Bible that would apply when you're trying to tackle it. So I've done that for you. So you're able to just very simply teach them and it's broken up too. So if you have, you know, younger boys and older boys, there are parts that say like, if your kid is younger, do this. And if they're older, you can add this in or go in this direction. So it's designed for multi-ages and then it's got a fun family activity. And these, I think your boys are especially going to love. They're things like let's play sharks and minnows, but talk about how we avoid peer pressure situations things like that. So you're doing very fun, active, engaging activities while still teaching them those biblical principles and encouraging them to overcome these struggles. Because again, that family relationship is key. And then we've also got a baking recipe that has a little, I call it a baking buddy, but it's a little conversation connection that makes it more of an object lesson, again, to just reinforce 
what the Bible has to say about that struggle. And so it's able to be used in any way. If your kid is struggling with tattling, you know, you flip open to the tattling chapter and you read your devotion and then you decide like, how do I want to handle this? And you can do it over time. You can choose to like, maybe your boys want nothing to do with baking or you want nothing to do with baking. You don't have to do the baking recipe. Maybe you want to do the baking recipe and then read the little baking buddy conversation connection as you're eating it together. Maybe you want to do the family activity. Maybe you don't. It's just really designed to be a simple, practical tool to help you navigate those difficult situations. This is such a great resource for families. I am just looking over the table of contents here, and it's like an encyclopedia of any challenge that you might face with your kids. So like the titles of the chapter are like anger, sadness, fear, jealousy, grief. Like those are all under the emotional challenges, depression and worry. And then, you know, behavior challenges, um, forgiveness, tattling, laziness, gossiping, stealing, cheating. I'm just grabbing a few here and there. And then some of those relational challenges that we talked about too, like bullying, teasing, facing rejection, and so much more. We didn't even get a chance to talk about like sibling conflict, sibling rivalry. That could be a whole podcast interview all by itself. So where can our where can our listeners get a hold of this book? Yes. So Recipes for a Sweet Child is available everywhere books are sold. So you can get it anywhere. There's lots of other resources to go along with it as well. And you can find those on my website at katiejtrent.com. Well, I will have links to all of these resources in the show notes for you listeners. And Katie, it has been so great having you on the show again. It's always fun to invite guests back on the show. Do you have any final encouragement for our moms listening today? Circling back around to the topic of relationships and helping our kids navigate relationships. Do you have any final words of encouragement for our moms? I just encourage you to be very present in those relationships that your boys are creating and cultivating. Connect with the parents. Observe the relationships, you know, see how they're interacting and look for those opportunities to teach them how to set healthy boundaries, how to communicate appropriately, how to disagree, you know, all of those things really embrace that as a teachable moment and know that those life skills that if you take advantage of them now are going to just benefit them all the way through their life. And of course, pray and ask God for wisdom because he is so faithful to give it to you. Well, thank you, Katie. We are so thankful for your wisdom and your insight today. And we just really appreciate you coming back on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Katie J. Trent. And just a few reminders, you can find Katie's new book, Recipes for a Sweet Child, wherever books are sold. I will also have a link for you in the show notes. And I also just wanted to mention another resource that Katie has. It is called the Family Faith Building Academy. And this is a new course that Katie launched just in this past year. And it's an eight-week digital discipleship course that gives you everything you need to effectively disciple your kids in fun, meaningful, and memorable ways. So I will have a link to that course in the show notes. Or you can go to familyfaithbuildingacademy.com. Lastly, there are still some spots open for my launch team. I am launching my devotional book for boys, Rise of the Enemy, and it will be available on November 2nd. And I would love for you to join my launch team. So just go to dragonslayerbible.com and just click on the link to learn more about joining my launch team.
Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Redeeming the Chaos. You can find the show notes for this episode at lauriechristine.com forward slash 76. My prayer for you this week is that God would give you strength as you continue to raise your strong, courageous young boys and teach them to follow Jesus. 